Welcome to Biblical Tapestry Season 6, Episode 22, A Study in the Book of Jeremiah. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. In this episode, we will study the first half of Jeremiah chapter 18 and look at the symbolism of a potter's wheel. The symbolism is important even to us today, inclusive of our state before God and God's sovereignty. Let's dive in. Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 through 17. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Arise, and go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to do. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done, declares the Lord? Behold, I like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. If at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom, that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it. And if that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I intended to do to it. And if at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will build and plant it, and if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will relent of the good that I had intended to do to it. Now, therefore, Say to the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am shaping disaster against you and devising a plan against you. Return every one from his evil way and amend your ways and your deeds. Verse 12. But they said, That is in vain. We will follow our own plans and will every one act according to the stubbornness of his evil heart. Therefore, thus says the Lord, ask among the nations, Who has heard the like of this? The virgin Israel has done a very horrible thing. Does the snow of Lebanon leave the crags of Syrian? Do the mountain waters run dry, the cold flowing streams? But my people have forgotten me. They make offerings to false gods. They, make, they made them stumble in their ways in the ancient roads and to walk into side roads, not the highway making their land a horror, a thing to be hissed at forever. Everyone who passes by is horrified and shakes his head. Like the east wind, I will scatter them before the enemy. I will show them my back, not my face, in the day of their calamity. All right, back to verses 1 through 4. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel, and the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to do. So what message is Jeremiah learning by visiting the potter working the wheel? Well, the potter makes a useful object by pressing and pulling clay as he turns on the wheel. If perhaps a potter dislikes the shape that the bowl or other object is becoming, he then can reform the lump of clay and start again to build it into something better. While Jeremiah watches the potter, God will speak to him. Much of this illustration for Jeremiah 
was pointing to the importance of God's authority as the potter and Judah's responsibility as the clay. God is the authority over his people, and the people, importantly, need to respond in submission to God, submission to God's will, as that authority. In Isaiah chapter 29, verse 15, Ah, you who hide deep from the Lord your counsel, whose deeds are in the dark, and say, Who sees us? Who knows us? You turn things upside down. Shall the potter be regarded as the clay, that the thing made should say of its maker, He did not make me? Or the thing formed says of him who formed it, He has no understanding? In Isaiah 64, 8, that theme continues. But now, O Lord, you are our father, we are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Jeremiah sees additionally that God's sovereignty is tempered by his mercy and his patience. The potter gently reworks the clay to achieve the desired results. Well, guess what? God does not give up on us when we fail him. God can change his will to his people depending on how they respond back to him. Should the people repent and change their ways and direction, he has the right as the potter to forgive them. And the opposite is also true when the people continue to do evil. Now, Jeremiah undoubtedly had seen a potter working many times. Probably it was often when he walked the streets of Jerusalem. But now Jeremiah is learning something new about God. Many things could be happening to cause the potter to start again. Perhaps the clay was too dry or it was defective. But just as a potter works the clay, God has a plan for each one of us. God does not reject us when we fail, but continues to work with us until we are what God wants us to be. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of Jesus Christ. Well, just like Jonah and Peter, God is the God of second chances. F.B. Huey writes, God always acts in ways consistent with his character and in accordance with how we respond to him. If the nation would repent, God would relent of the disaster as he expressed through Jeremiah. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as the potter has done, declares the Lord? Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Well, the symbolism is explained here, and it is very clear. God is the potter. And the clay can be Israel or any nation or individual. Today, we like to emphasize an individual's autonomy. But by doing so, many have rejected the idea of the sovereignty of God over our lives. All right, back to verse 7. If at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it, and if that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil, 
I will relent of the disaster that I intended to do to it. And if at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will build and plant it, and if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will relent of the good that I had intended to do to it. This message has already been repeated to the nation of Judah many times. Christopher Wright makes this observation from God's perspective. Work with me here. Respond to what I say. Change your ways and I will change my plans. God is offering a way out of the coming disaster if a nation repents of its evil. God will alter his response to that nation. God is not fickle. He is sovereign over all events. If we obey, God will bless. If we disobey, God will punish. God grieves for his people when they fall away from him, and God will find an alternate response when his people repent and return to him. God can change his actions towards us without compromising his sovereignty or his holiness. Walter Brueggemann writes, The clay cannot challenge the potter, but Israel can act so that Yahweh will change. Verse 11. Now therefore say to the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am shaping disaster against you and devising a plan against you. Return every one from his evil way and amend your ways and your deeds. But they say, That is in vain. We will follow our own plans, and will every one act according to the stubbornness of his evil heart. God repeats that he is shaping a disaster against Judah. Now the word here for shaping is literally from the same root word for potter. God was devising a plan against them, but once again offers an appeal to repent and turn from their evil ways and deeds. They are in his hands like clay in the hands of the potter. And since they have not been pliable, he forms a new plan. He still offers them the opportunity to repent. However, God knew their hearts, and tragically, Judah's response is predictable. Stephen Smith writes, So even though God has offered them this opportunity to respond, even though God is willing to suspend judgment, even though another opportunity for them to repent may await, they will not do it. They will assert themselves in a downward spiral of sin against God. Judah was going to follow the stubbornness of their own evil hearts, a tragically consistent pattern of behavior. Verse 13 through verse 15. Therefore, thus says the Lord, ask among the nations, who has heard the like of this? The virgin Israel has done a very horrible thing. Does the snow of Lebanon leave the crags of Syrian? Do the mountain waters run dry, the cold flowing streams? But my people have forgotten me. They make offerings to false gods. They make them stumble in their ways in the ancient roads and to walk into side roads, not the highway. God makes a comparison between the faithfulness of Israel and the surrounding pagan nations. They did not abandon their God as Israel had. Now, we're not sure why God called them virgin Israel when previously God called them out as a prostitute in the way they went after other gods. 
But rejection of God's will is unnatural in comparison to some natural things. Uh, In comparison to mountaintops having snow and deep crags and cold water running for long distances from those mountains, those natural processes are not mirrored in Judah's affection for God, writes Stephen Smith. Israel had forgotten God and made offerings to worthless false gods of wood and stone. This worship of false idols caused Judah to stumble in their ways. There was no direction, no certain destination. They were aimless and wandering, but then again relished their own stubbornness. Verse 16, Making their land a horror, a thing to be hissed at forever, everyone who passes by is it is horrified and shakes his head. Like the east wind, I will scatter them before the enemy. I will show them my back, not my face, in, a, in the day of the calamity. One more refusal to turn back to God. God has no choice after so many opportunities and offers of repentance. God is not going to hold back his judgment. All the curses of a broken covenant found in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 15 through 68 will fall upon them. And I encourage you to read that section of Deuteronomy chapter 28. And like a hot shrocko wind from the east that dries up everything, God will scatter Judah. On the day of calamity, God will be hidden from them. They had turned their backs on God, and now God will do the same to them, not out of lack of love, but lack of repentance against evil. Well, does God ever lose patience with his believers? Well, God does not punish believers. He disciplines them. Now, that distinction is very important. The punishment of sin was taken by Christ on the cross for us. He absorbed the wrath of God when he died for our sins. Yet when we do sin against God, it strains our relationship with him. And we need to pray daily that for God's spirit to fill us and help us to walk with God every day. God is also too good of a father not to discipline his believers. If you do not have that relationship with God, he is offering the gift of salvation if we call on him. Paul writes in Romans 10:13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And in John 3:16 through 17, that a lot of people know, but for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. He gives us those second chances. In our next episode 23, we'll see in Jeremiah chapter 36, during the fourth year of King Jehoiakim, that God asked Jeremiah to write in a scroll the words that God had given him that probably were the very words we find in chapter 25 about the 70 years of desolation. Please continue to follow this podcast as we chronologically follow the ministry of Jeremiah. Biblical Tapestry is available on Facebook and Instagram, and I encourage you to please like and share this podcast if you have learned something new about God's Word. May God bless you this day.